Welcome to Planner Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica McWilliams. Behind every planner, there's a person. Behind every person, there's a story. Welcome. If you're just joining me for the first time, perhaps you're from the Enneagram community and my hashtag ended up in your feed. Welcome. For the next nine weeks, I am doing an Enneagram and planner mashup series. And yes, there is a planner community. We love our agendas from creativity to productivity. I'm using Enneagram as a tool to dive even deeper into the lives of people in the planner community. Each week, two people will be featured at the same time having a conversation with one another as me, the host, and a facilitator, trying to learn from them as well as just be able to share their stories. Week one starts today, so Enneagram ones, here we are. Then next Friday, you'll find episode two with Enneagram twos, and well, you get the idea. It'll take us all the way to the end of October with all nine numbers represented for a total of 18 planner people joining in for this collab. I am so thrilled for all the time that people put into this, and it has been much anticipated, and I know you're just going to love it. If you love this content and would like to see more of it, Enneagram or otherwise, please join the Planner Lifestyle crew at patreon.com slash planner lifestyle. Patreon's a place for you to support the makers in your life that you value. Not only will you be helping to fuel the show, you will also receive my ultimate guided reflection tool, How to Find Planner Peace, which I wrote from the heart and straight from my experience of interviewing over 60 people from the planner community You may have rolled your eyes at Planner Peace, but do you really know what it is and how to get it? Get this exclusive content on my Patreon members-only site today. This episode features Libby and Kim, my lovely ones. Keep listening to find out how these perfection-driven people handle getting pulled over while speeding, missing the pickup of a Mediterranean cruise port, and laying down a sticker crooked. Welcome to Planner Lifestyle Podcast, Chris. You are now our resident Enneagram enthusiast for the next episodes, nine in all, which will encompass the conversations of 18 awesome planner community members. But you're going to get us set up in each episode to give us kind of a behind the scenes look on what each number represents, kind of some of their characteristics. But before I ask you about the ones today... I would love for you to tell my audience a little bit about yourself and what brought you to Enneagram in the first place. Thank you, Jessica. I'm so looking forward to this. This is going to be really cool. Um, So I personally was introduced to the Enneagram a few years ago by a friend who's a spiritual director, and she was leading me and another friend in spiritual direction, and she brought up the Enneagram, and I was like, oh, interesting. But it kind of seemed like just one more thing for me at the time, and it didn't really resonate for whatever reason at that time. And then I want to say just over a year ago, another friend brought it to me in a conversation, and there was something about the timing that was just really right. And I was in a season of deep healing, and it just kind of took hold. Did you go out right away and take the test, or did you kind of go down a rabbit hole of investigation or or what kind of led you to become this enthusiast, if you will? I did run home and take the test and I listened to some songs that were written about each Enneagram number. Atlas, Sleeping at Last is the name of the 
album, I want to say, and there is a different Enneagram song for each number. His actual name is Ryan O'Neill, the incredibly talented musician and writer. The songs are really, really helpful too to kind of help you identify if you're still in the process of identifying your number. Tell me about some of the resources that you've used to investigate the Enneagram further. I would have to say two of the most important influential people in my Enneagram journey have been Richard Rohr, and he co-authored the book The Enneagram, A Christian Perspective, and Ian Morgan Cron, and he penned the book The Road Back to You. Now, I've read many other books as well, but these two probably have been my biggest influence, and so a lot of what I share um, really comes from their, their pen. And another resource is the Enneagram Institute. It's the Enneagram, and Enneagram is spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. So the Enneagraminstitute.com. You can log on to this website. They give you an overview of all the numbers, and there are a few different tests you can take with various price points for whatever may suit you if you're interested in digging in just a little deeper and honing in just a little bit more on your number. But Ian Morgan Cron, the author of The Road Back to You, would say, you don't necessarily have to do that. Spend some time reading about all the numbers and give yourself time to actually get to know the numbers, and don't be in a rush to pick your number. So that's advice from Ian. Okay, those will all be linked in the show notes as well. So you can check out those resources if you're interested. I'm pretty um, curious to go listen to my number four song. and I mean, all of them, really. Because part of this whole tool is to get to know others, not just yourself as well. It's true. It's true. But, you know, one of the things I think I mentioned in um, earlier on was you kind of know what your number is when you read something that really kind of hits you hard and not in a shameful way, but just really hits you as like, oh, boy, this is like so true. I can't I can't fall asleep to it as a nine. You know, I have to I have to stay awake for this. And when I listen to the Enneagram nine song, I literally sobbed and sobbed. It it hit so home for me, and it was such an important part of waking me up, literally and figuratively, uh, because nines have a tendency to fall asleep to hard things and fall asleep to hard feelings and fall asleep to their life, actually. And I was at such a place, and still am, in such a place of a journey of healing and waking up to my life. And it was just a really, really powerful tool again. I mean, the Enneagram is one of many things that I do as part of my um, spiritual awakening and, and spiritual growth. Um, but I just find it to be really fascinating and love to share um, any and all that I've gleaned because I think it's been it's been so instrumental in my healing and many people that I know as well. So, so happy to be able to be a part of this, Jessica. Where does the Enneagram come from? Like I said, I'm not an expert, um, but I have read a lot of books from the experts, and they're pretty much in agreement. The Enneagram is an ancient personality test. There's several different views on its on its origin. Some would say it's Christian in its roots. Others would say not really, but it is a tool that is used in Christianity, and it's used in other faith, faith traditions as well as psychology in secular society. As, as a means, like you said, as a tool to deepen personal spiritual growth. 
The nine numbers that make up the Enneagram have been referred to as the nine faces of the soul, which I think is really neat, by a man named Richard Rohr. He's a Franciscan priest and a trusted author, dare I say expert. He would not describe himself that way, but he is. And he he gives a Christian perspective in many of his teachings. One of the things that the Enneagram does for us in a non-shaming way, and that is key for me, that is that is helpful in, in growth and healing for me, um, differentiating our true self from the false self or kind of the adapted self. And that's been a really interesting part of the journey for me. You know, all of us exhibit all nine numbers in our lives. And and what I've come to learn is that the behavior that's attached to the number, and we'll be learning more about that, doesn't determine our number. It's much as the motivation behind the behavior. There lies the trouble in typing other people because we can see their behaviors, right. but we might not be as yep. in tune with their motivations. So Yes. All right. Is there anything else you would like to add about the Enneagram? You know, we all have a place that we go within our number, and that's something that we're going to kind of sh- talk about a little bit, depending how where we're at in our emotional, spiritual, and even our physical health. There are different places that we end up revealing uh, ourselves. And oftentimes when we are trying to determine which Enneagram number are we, because it can be really hard, we can kind of feel like all of them. When you read something about the number that kind of kicks you in the gut and you go, oh, yeah, that's me. I wish it weren't, but it's speaking so much truth to the part of me that wishes it weren't true, but it is. And that's the first step of going, yep, yeah, this is my number. And now, now I'm on the road. I want people to remember like the the shame freeness of this whole endeavor. It's not necessarily to point out like all the ways we screw up in life um, or all the ways we can be doing better in life, but it's really just about life because we do have those ups and downs. And if we can see those patterns and recognize those habits or whatever is leading us in one way or the other, we can really plan for a successful life if we're, we're going towards that health. So well, let's dig in. Chris, please tell us about the ones. And when I say tell us about, these are some things I want to know. What's their kind of general nickname? They have kind of a category they're called. Some general characteristics, their motivations, as we had mentioned, and what it does look like in those health and unhealth patterns. And also there's a um, a neat kind of tool or extra layer to a number is called a triad. And just mention which triad that particular number comes from and maybe one key takeaway that we can expect to hear from the conversation that's about to follow. Enneagram number one is typically classified or named the perfectionist, but you could also call them the improver or the idealist. And some of the characteristics of an Enneagram One are they're very hardworking, very reliable, industrious. Healthy ones are committed to a life of service and integrity. They tend to be very responsible and trustworthy. They're well organized. They pay high attention to detail. They're very efficient. They get the job done. They're very ethical. And they have a motivation their, their motivation that kind of reveals itself through a lot of their behavior is to improve themselves and others. And um, ones tend to want to be really, really good, just good. Um, 
There's the unhealthy or a shadow side of, of the one, which all numbers have. They have a very loud inner critic, and they're afraid of criticism, failure, and they tend to fixate on small imperfections. They can be obsessed with micromanaging other people um, and themselves. They do find some relief in asserting control. Now, you mentioned the triad. So numbers eight, nine, and one are in the control or the anger triad. So being in that control triad means for them that the anger that they experience is just below the surface. They have really high expectations of themselves and others, which puts a lot of pressure on themselves, which can then we can kind of understand why they may have that anger just below the surface. They just are terrified to make a mistake. Um, in relationships, it can be really hard for them to be vulnerable. They like to be right, and they believe truly that they are right. And sometimes they can come off as a little morally superior. Um, and in childhood, oftentimes they may have felt that being really, really good was what was necessary to get the love and attention and security that they desire. Um, neatness and order, very important, makes them feel safe. And as they go along their journey, one of the things that they eventually learn um, as, they can, as they heal through this process of uncovering some of the, um, the shadow side of the Enneagram and just bringing that up without shame, looking at it for what it really is, which is just that we all have kind of a flip side. Our, our personalities and temperaments have, they're, they're beautiful. They're all, they all have such beauty, but they also have another side. And um, one of the things that the ones eventually learn is that a person does not need to be perfect to be good. Welcome to Planner Lifestyle Podcast, both to Kim and to Libby. I have two guests with me today. Thank you both for coming on the show for the first episode in the Enneagram Planner Mashup series, Enneagram Ones. Kim, can you please introduce yourself and let my audience know what you're what you're about? Oh, thanks for having me, Jess. It's it's an honor to be back. Honestly, I'm, I'm like so tickled that you reached out. Um, my name is Kim and um, I go by the handle KRO Designs. A lot of people think it's Crow, which I have nothing wrong with the bird at all, but it is, <laughs> it is my initials prior to me being in the planner community. I had my own blog and I started that in 2008. But in the planner realm, I am using the same handle. Um, I just couldn't come up with anything else because, you know, I'm a one and um, anything I would choose would have been incorrect in my mind. So I just decided to go with that. And that started um, in the planner community around 2015. I'm also a um, an ex-teacher um, on, I used to be a middle school math and science teacher back in Pennsylvania, which I just moved from. And now I'm considered in my head retired. I'm going to be done. I just really want to um, have some me time because I'm a mom of a married mom of four boys. And I just really think it's time for me to worry about me now. So I'm like, 
really happy not to have a job. I'm very excited. So, and I'm uh, 44 years old. What are the general ages of your kids? Like what season are you in with that? My children are uh, quite an age span. My eldest is 20 and I have next one down is 18. Then there's a little bit of a gap. The next one is nine and the last one is eight. Well, great. Thank you for introducing yourself. Um, I am looking forward to, like you already mentioned, Enneagram One. We'll unpack more of that as we go. But first, we want to meet Libby. Libby, thanks for coming on the show. Will you please introduce yourself? Thank you for having me, Jess. I am Libby Bach. I am the leader in a trio, the True North Trio on Facebook and Instagram. I also go by Libby in Wisconsin. If you want to find me, mainly I post pictures of my dogs on there. Sometimes I bake and sometimes I crochet. I am, I have been 21 years now as an insurance property adjuster. I climb roofs for a living and I go into really disgusting houses with water damage and fires and all kinds of nasty stuff. So people never meet me when they're at their best and it's very trying some days. Uh, Right now, I'm an Enneagram 1. In my season of life, I am 42. I am married. We do not have children, nor do we plan to have children. But I plan to have a lot of dogs through my career. (laughs) As we work (laughs) towards retirement, I have Cavalier King Charles, and they are the little loves of my life. I've met them both, and I, of course, see them on Instagram quite a bit, and they are so darling. Very nice. And your cookies are darling and your crochet is darling. So I have one of, you actually might have that in common. Um, Kim has a fiber arts background. Um, And then Libby, I mean, one of my best birthday presents ever was a custom crochet that my husband hired you to do, which is really I hired you to do, but he paid for. So it's from him kind of thing. But, um, and I love it. It's still laying on my bed. So it's always, I actually said like, oh, I'm, I'm going to have Libby on the show. And then <laughs> the blanket lady. <laughs> yep. That's the blanket lady. <laughs> I will happily take that name. I'd love to be the blanket yeah. lady. That's perfect. How long would you quantify being in the planner community? I have been in the planner community since 2014. I met my husband in 2013 and quickly realized that I could not keep our schedule straight and where we were going and where we were supposed to be. And I bought my first planner. It was technically December of 2013. I started using it in 2014. And that's when I discovered YouTube videos of Plan With Me's. And it was all downhill since then. Well, you entered, I guess you would almost say, kind of on the forefront of that movement. I did. Yes, I have been Mm -hmm. a part of many of the original planner groups. I am an OG lurker. Uh, I do not participate often, but I have been around for a long time. I remember um, with May Designs, she was on Good Morning America that year. And that's when Micah was still making all of her planners in her garage and got over 10,000 orders in one day. Um, And I mean, the Erin Condren, my first Erin Condren was, I don't even know that she was super well known by then. You couldn't, you could only buy a custom order in a online. There's no in-store, no nothing. And then she blew up about a year and a half after that. Well, that's kind of a blast from the past, but let's dig into what uh, kind of planners are you currently actually looking at my questions. Have to laugh at this question because it's 
currently using, interested in, or staring at uh, staring at on the shelf? Because who knows what people are doing with their planners these days? Um, any variety of things post during COVID situation. Um, many plans have been canceled. You know things like that. So. What has this been like for you in terms of your relationship with your planner? And if you are wondering why I'm talking about a relationship with a planner, welcome to Planner Lifestyle Podcast. (laughs) We get funky here. So welcome, subscribe, enjoy. Um, Kim, why don't you get started? I know you've been kind of digging into some craftiness. So will you share what are you using right now? What are you, what's going on? Well, I have quite the gamut. Um, I, a lot of people ask, how do you bounce from one planner to the other? And I I don't necessarily need to get into specifics, like what planner, like the brand or the Mm -hmm. type, because to me, that's not what matters. What matters to me is something I can use daily. Like it has to have a daily page or a daily unit, like weeklies, just don't cut it. I have to have very specific, mostly timed, even just a blank page would work, but I have to have something that's just that specific. And I've actually transitioned from having it pre-printed with a date to being a little bit more fluid with having a blank page, which is crazy, crazy for me. Um, but I do keep a very detailed monthly, which is what I call my inbox. So that inbox will always have all of the timed appointments and all of the task specific things that have to be done on particular days. And that's how I get a, around kind of having one specific planner all the time. So for example, like one book or unit notebook whatever it is rings whatever it is is a monthly is and then one maybe daily but they work together yes so my monthly is usually either it has to be like contained like I'm terrified of you know some Mary Poppins thing where this little piece of paper blows away and then it so it has to be like super contained and bound um either with staples or with like you know, a, uh, um, a spiral. So that's, okay. you know, the weirdness of my planner world, but I do have all the brands if all the makers. I have everything. I really, I, I feel like I have everything. My shelf says I have everything. I think you do have quite a bit, but I, some new makers are just coming out of the woodwork, right? I mean, it's like, whoa, there's um, a lot of production happening just even as we speak um, and and brands popping up all the time. So, but definitely like the major ones and maybe even some of the more artisan ones, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, you definitely, you're, well, would you consider yourself a collector or? I, I'm, just... I'm a trier. I'm an experimenter. I love just trying something new. And if I had an endless boundless budget, I would be buying every single one of those little pop-up shops, every single one. I, I love supporting everybody that I can, I, you know, and, and oh, like, Oh, I love that layout. And Ooh, that looks like a great brand and that's beautiful. And that's a great, you know, way to incorporate mm-hmm. it into my life. And um, I, I'm so ecstatic with all of the 
brand new stuff that's coming out with all of these little shops, big shops, just everybody embracing their own creativity and their own, you know, mindset to brand themselves. I love that. That's beautiful. And that way, um, I honestly, that is kind of a, in a way, uh, a one attribute is to want there they can be very giving um, and we'll see like a need or a cause and want to contribute to that because it's the right thing to do or you you know that gives you satisfaction to help encourage or fan the flames of of someone in need aka saw a startup or something like that so that's kind of cool all right, Libby, do you want to take us down your uh, shelf or whatever? What are you looking at? What are you planning with? I am a ride or die horizontal. I have religiously bought rings and then I uncoil and punch into a binder. Uh, it is the only one I have. I do not have any other planners. I cannot function looking at other planners. I love looking at other spreads, other layouts. But in my world, there is only one correct planner for me there's only (laughs) one right way for me to lay out my work Mm -hmm. in my personal life and that is in a horizontal space I am in love with some of these mashups that are coming out recently but I know I could not commit to it and when it, it would create chaos within my own brain to have that listed out I'm also the opposite of Kim my monthly i barely even look at that ever. And I don't have a daily either. My weekly is it. Every date, every time, every little detail goes into that weekly and that's it. I do have a notepad that sits on my desk where I prioritize my tasks for the day, but that gets tossed Mm -hmm. because it has confidential information on it for my job. So I I can't keep it. I don't need to keep it. I don't keep my planners either. I have to shred them every year uh, because they are (laughs) it's it's terrifying and it's horrible wait Libby hold for the collective gasp across the planner community as they're listening wait what what did I say because I have personal and confidential information that could get out in the wrong hands because of my job I have to shred them so all my beautiful stickers all my layouts all my everything I can't share it because of this private information and I have to shred them after 12 months I have to retain them for one year so I have two years back right now, and I actually am behind on my shredding because I don't want to do it, but I have to. I'm like speechless. No. I'm like, okay, but it's, I'm sorry. Again, the right thing to do. My job mandates that I do it because it is private information. And I, being a one, I have to do what they are telling me because that is the right thing to do to protect my insured's privacy. Yes, it's and our clients. Well, thank you for being very considerate. I'm sure all of those clients appreciate it. Your job appreciates it. Your partner appreciates you being employed, I am sure. You impre- appreciate being employed. You don't want to get fired over this stuff. And although maybe the chance would be very slim that I ever got out, yeah, it's the right thing to do. Yep. So It hurts, though. It really hurts. To go you. Yeah. Do you have, like, a little serum? Like, do you have, like, a little time I like, I don't do you look flip through it one last time and then, ch- you know, I don't as I go because of the stickers, my shredder can only take about two pages at a time. So I do mm. inadvertently end up flipping back through them again. And I am a huge Christmas lover. And so when I get to my Christmas weeks, I usually do Christmas first because those break my heart the most. And that's usually where I spend 
most of my stickers and my time and I'm like, oh, goodbye, pretty pages. And, and they go. Wow. But you keep coming back to doing this, right? It's still, it's not defeatist enough to not put your stickers down. You keep, you know, you keep doing it. It's just the way I've accepted it. It's been that way for six years. I've, I've had a planner for my entire life. And even before this, we had to shred my non-decorated ones and I still struggled with that. So what do people do in your line of work that are just digital? They just, or can you be? No, you can. You can be 100% digital, uh, but because there are different firewalls and safeguards, like we use uh, mm. Outlook, um, it's all, it's saved, but it's all privatized. It's only accessible via certain, you know, certain passwords, things like that. I've never looked into the digital decorative planning. I know there are apps out there, but again, mm-hmm. my brain doesn't work like that. So I've never bothered. All right. So that's what you're all working with right now. Um, let's talk about your space what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy about the space. Where do you go to plan? Um, If you're thinking, like, do you prefer to be in a busy room in the kitchen with everyone around you? Do you like to get out of the house? Do you like to retreat into your room on the bed? Or do you have a whole craft room? Um, This is one of the questions that I'm really looking forward to hearing all the other numbers, you know, and just, well, all of them will be different really across the board. But I can just see some people be like, I just want to stay home. I just want to be in my bed. And some people are like, I can't wait to go to the next meetup and plan. You know, we're just going to be so much variety. Kim, will you start us off with where you plan? And this might be kind of a new thing for you since you're in a new home, moved about two weeks ago or so. Um, And I know your previous place, you had a a room to yourself. You want to talk about your space now? Yes. I am very blessed with um, a husband who understands my need to have my own space because I, you know, I'm home a lot. Um, Prior to being a teacher, I was a stay-at-home mom, and he always thought I needed my own space. So I do have my own office. Um, It is, um, it's got two walls and then a bank of just glass doors. And then the fourth wall is windows. So I am very lucky with all of the bright sunlight and Um, Florida ceiling bookshelves that are packed. Um, Unfortunately, I do have two sides of the room, like I said, two sides with two bookshelves um, that are built in. And one side is my planner side. And my other side is my craft side, which is my crochet and my fiber arts and my knitting and needlework and anything else that you'd want to throw in that has like fibers to it. So, and everything is organized. Um, even now, um, as I moved in, I have it organized by, um, maker. Like I have all of this product on the shelf and this product up here, and then my stickers are in binders. And as you would expect, everything is pretty much organized. So, So do you label, are your stickers in binders and labeled on the spine or do you have boxes or how do you do that? Um, I'm transitioning from the office style I used to have at my old, in my old home two weeks ago. Most of my stickers are in binders with labeled spines, but I also like to, um, like if I get a sticker book, um, I take everything off the spine and then I put it on like one of those rings, you know, the Mm -hmm. big larger rings. And then so I can flip through and find what I want. 
I really don't want to spend a ton of time looking for stickers. And so I spend most of my time up front organizing them. So I know exactly where I want to go for the stickers that I want. Okay. And are those organized by maker too, or by like content? Um, they're organized by maker subset by content. If that makes sense. Oh, so double, like there's tiers to this. Right. So, so like within a maker's label, then it's like, Oh, holiday. Or- uh huh. Yeah, script, functional boxes, you know, all that sort of thing. Okay. Creepy. And is it the same on the other side for your crochet? Because I know Libby has got a crochet closet we can talk to when we t- <laughs> when you're up, Libby. <laughs> so I'm gonna go see how your crochet. Are you do it by color or by maker there too, or by like size? It's or? it's it's done by maker. Um, also, I find that that's the best way my brain can remember what things are is the brand. Um, for both planning and for crafting. And, and then that's subset labeled by type of craft and then subset by color. Okay. So like within a maker, mm-hmm. then in that maker, crochet fabric or yarn, mm-hmm. and then within that. It's organized rainbow colored right, by sorry. color. Yes. Rainbow colored. Okay. Sweet. Anything else you'd like to share about your space? What, 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 how do you feel like when you go in there? Like, what do you need to have that space do for you to feel the most comfortable in your planning time? Um, just have a clean space. I'm not, I, I don't like visual clutter. And so I like to have my desk crisp, clean. Like there's nothing else on it except for my pen and the planner I'm going to use. So that's, that's what I like. And a cup of coffee or some sort of beverage. And then that makes me really happy so do you kind of take like a little minute or two or however long and go to your bookshelves or any other places to collect a few materials that you know you're going to sit down and mm-hmm. use yeah I have and my, then yeah, it's, it's exactly th- what happens so like I in the first thing in the morning when I'm ready to do my daily or sometimes at night I haven't been really in the mood to do it at night so I'll get up grab a cup of coffee legit I mean after getting dressed come back over here grab stuff off the shelf, get my daily thoughts in order, look at my monthly, make sure I don't have any, you know, exact um, organized time things. And then I work from there. And then it usually takes about 10, 15, 20 minutes. And, and then after I get my cup of that, that, that my cup of coffee is done and I'm ready to start my day. Oh, lovely. Okay. Well, I think that was very descriptive. Thank you for walking us through. All right, Libby, what's up next with you? What is your ideal environment for planning? What do you need out of your space? I am a little bit of a loosey-goosey person. I need nothing out of a space other than a table. Okay. Several years ago, you walked into a planner meetup with that Michael's Travel, the Recollections brand travel case. And that has been my ride or die. If I can bring that and I load that bad boy up, that's all I need. I can get all my stickers in there, my washi. I have all my samples in the bottom. My planner fits in there. You know, tweezers, scissors, cutting, cards, everything is in that case. And I will plan anywhere, anytime, doesn't matter. I love to plan at a meetup. I'll plan at the kitchen table. The last two times I've planned out at my camper. Uh, We went out uh, for fishing. That's what my husband does. And I stay in the camper, hang back with my dogs. I plan. I sat for three hours with my iPad on watching a show, had all my stickers, and I just went with it. I don't have, I do have a dedicated space in my home for it. And I plan there very rarely 
it's very cold in my office and I don't find it always mm -hmm. very comfortable. And I like to be around other people when I plan as well. I find that it makes the time pass really fast. Uh, but I do tend to miss things when I plan with other people. So sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But the way I organize, I always have what I need to go back in and add things back if I've forgotten them. Um, like Kim said, she has all of her stored on a shelf by Maker and then subsets within that. I had that for a very long time and I realized it was overwhelming me and I wasn't wanting to plan. This was about two years ago. So 2019 was the great planner overhaul in my home and I de-stashed probably 75% of my stickers because I wasn't using them. I knew what I had. I had them divided just as Kim described, you know, by the maker and then by kits, by holidays, by colors, however I wanted it. And it was overwhelming. And I stole an idea from someone else and I have a binder and it has weeks one through 52 on it. And I sit down every year. I usually do it in September, October because because I'm a one and I need things sorted out as soon as possible. And I will then fill in the dates for the entire year. Then I will go through what I have, what I can reuse, and what I need to buy. And I fill up every single week. So it's just a sheet of paper with the numbers one through 52 on it. I go in and I label all the holidays. I label certain fun things, you know, my wedding anniversary, my niece's birthday, uh, I do. Uh, there's a dog day. I think it's in August. There's a coffee day, donut day. Like this week is planner. Uh, the August 1st is a planner something. So you could, you know, have a, a dedicated spread to planner. So I put all those dates in Mother's Day, all the holidays. And if I have kits for those, and then I go back in and I fill. So I have one binder that will have every single kit that I need for the entire year in that little binder. And that's pretty much all I need. And then I have icons and other things alphabetized in another binder with some leftover kits. Sometimes I buy in advance. So I have about 10 kits to put to use for next year because I didn't use them this year. Or I bought something and I was like, that's really cute. I want to use that for my birthday next year. Or oh, this is perfect for my mom's birthday next year and things like that. So I'm really down to two binders. I have one small little, like I think they're two by three size, little photo album binder things. And I have some smaller um, character stickers in there that I use mainly for fishing, camping, and crocheting. So I have little fun stickers that I use for those. There's some mood stickers. I have some snarky stickers in there, but that's about it. I take it I realized I like kits, I like a small amount of washi, and I like functional icons with a, an occasional side of snark, and that's all I kept, and that's all I use. And that's your advantage of this 2019 overhaul is really looking at what do I actually like, what is working, and then and then basically streamlining your process to do what works for you. Yes. And it was painful. It was really hard to figure out. And it was really hard to see a lot of money just lay on a de-stash table. But I knew that it may not have value to me anymore. And it has value to someone else. And I was okay with letting it go. 
there was some things that I chose to, to sell. Some things didn't have any resale value. But in the end, the happiness that I have now when I go down and look at my very small bookcase and the two shelves that house all my planner things makes, makes up for it. It's, it's infinitely better than how I was feeling. But prior to that, with a lot of guilt and a lot of right and wrong and why am I doing this and the influence and the peer pressure that I was feeling and letting go of all of that and knowing I'm doing what's right in my heart for, for what I need. So did you, when you mentioned peer pressure, was that to keep your stuff or to buy more stuff or what was the pressure that you were feeling? I was falling into the trap of seeing what other people had and thinking it would work for me. And the last one that I went into were the little mini happy planners. Mm -hmm. And I loved the concept of them. I loved the thought of using it as a little daily, you know, just your to-do list, your checklist, whatever. And I bought one and I got it on a super sale. So I didn't spend much on it and it just sat. I stared at that thing for months. I could not decorate it. I couldn't do anything with it because it just didn't function in my life. And I have looked at other planners come and go, different stickers, different washi, different pens, markers. And I just can't do it. You know, right now the trend is all these new planners that are coming out and I absolutely adore them. And there's one brand that I'm very, very, very much in lust with. And it's, it's simply planner lust because I know if I got it, it would not be love. It would not work for me it's enticing to you that it might work for you. Yeah, and, the, you and the more you see it, the more you're like, oh, I just, I love that. I want it. I want it. I want it. And I, I can admit this. I bought an Aura Estelle cloud cover, the A5, the beautiful mm-hmm. wides, and I got it and I took it out of the box and immediately I put it right back in the box and I sold it because there was no way that I could utilize that beautiful planner in the way that I needed it to and not destroy it within six months. Because of how you handle it yes. and where you need to bring it? Yes. I am very, very tough. I have – my binder has been with me for four years, and it's been amazing, but I'm very, very tough on it. It's not the prettiest thing to look at, but it is very functional. And I love the beauty of planner supplies and the setups and the layouts and the flat lays and all of it, and none of it fits my style. And it's hard to admit that as much as you want to be a pretty planner, I'm not – and I, I don't need the things that all the pretty planner people have. And that's okay. I'm okay with what I have now. And it's taken me six years to get to that point. So would you not consider yourself a pretty planner? I mean. I don't know. I'm actually, I function much more. Uh, it's much more of a functional planner. Yes, I use kits. Uh, but it's only for me. It's not for anybody else. Nobody ever gets to see what I have on my planner. So if all my stickers are crooked and wonky and my washi is cut jagged, it doesn't matter. It's not for anybody else but me. No, there's a difference between the two of you, Kim and uh, Libby, is where, um, Kim, you are putting, you're able to and, and desiring to put your content, aka your planner spreads and your notebook covers. And, you know, that's part of what you show and KRO Designs is all about um, versus Libby, um, you know, keeps that more to herself. Libby, when you mentioned if it's crooked, then I'm the only one who has to see it. And then that's not as big a deal. So I'd be interested, Kim, if you have to show something, does your inner critic kind of flare up? Are there things you make and don't feel like you could show or 
How, how do you how do you vibe with that? The biggest challenge for me with being a one, I lately have not been able to post. And it's just because I've had this chaotic ness. I mean, from from March till now, I think all of us have been in this chaotic state. I mean, I, I not only, you know, empathizing with the entire world that I had to teach virtually Mm-hmm. You go from in classroom, then teach virtually, then a month later, get your house ready to sell, move your house, hold singly. I mean, not that I'm not throwing shade under my the bus of my husband, but you know, we all know you got to get <laughs> who's packing, who, who's packing the house, right? So, and then I've had you know this, and it, I felt like I haven't had a chance to breathe, and it wasn't until I started actually using my planner in a non 100% functional form that I felt like I could breathe again. It's the weirdest thing. Um, And then I'm circling back to your question. And that's probably the reason why I have not been posting and I have not been doing YouTube videos is the incapacity of me of not being perfect with my planner in my own perfectness in my brain. Now, you know, somebody else may look at my planner and say, well, that's not perfect. But in my brain, what I've done is perfect for me. And at that point, then I can share it. Isn't that weird? I'm not here to judge, Kim. I don't think, I think we all are weird. Like, let's just remove that as the vocab because we're unique. Okay, here's my little foreignness showing, but we're also unique. (laughs) Um... No, and that's that's why I ask because I'm interested in what what our motivations are and how does that impact us in the planner community. I'm I'm just interested in what you have to say. Oh. Literally, no, there's no judgment. Oh, oh, that's fine. I mean, th- again, there's the self critic in me that wants to make everybody, you know, um, enjoy what I do, and and that, and it really does. It, it, it hurts me when somebody says, well, you know, I, you know, why did you do it that way? I don't like it that way. And it feels like, well, then I, you know, I'd love to learn from you and show me how the way you would like to have it done. And so it, it um, I, I want to not necessarily be a people pleaser, but I just want to do it the right way for everyone. I just oh, and there's like no such thing, so that must be difficult. Oh yes, there's there there are times when I'll just go into hibernation on Instagram or uh, in YouTube, and it's just because I I can't handle not being perfect about it, and it's ridiculously horrible. And I know I should. Everybody says you know when you get older you'll you'll um, you know not care whatever the people think, and I say pooey. I mean, that's not happening to me. It's getting a little bit better, but I'll have times where I feel really confident about my abilities and my craftiness and my creativity. And I just want to like show it to everybody. And then there's other times when I just go into this complete on another funk and I don't know how else to do it, to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And during those times, had the, it, there hasn't really been an event that kicks that off or do you, is it internal like you feel a type of way it's it's not an event necessarily it just it must be just uh, the situation life experiments you know that sort of thing 
but it's the, the only way I can get out of my funk is just to, you know, stop and just say, okay, just do something creative. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's back. So it's, it's really weird. I mean, I, again, there's the W word, but it's, it just seems <laughs> odd because <laughs> again, I'm, I want to uh, have that perfectionist tendency. So I, I shouldn't have to have that. Right. You shouldn't have to have the fluctuations of up and down or being in a funk or doubting yourself or whatever. But really, I mean, that's just, yeah, it's so twist. It's so all twisted up it's, inside. Like, it's messed wow, up, it's, man. It's a big knot. Like, oh, no wonder uh, some, as I'm researching more about the Enneagram, it's like, Invite your ones to have some fun <laughs> sometimes because <laughs> there's there deep inside. There can be a little bit more of a, yeah, yeah. a little bit more of a not. It's not that they're not fun that, you know, everything is kind of stereotypical when you start labeling things, you know, but because um, definitely both of you are really fun people, but. Well, yeah, just, but, well, you can't, <laughs> I mean, well, I look at, I, I, you know, both Libby and I are ones and I'm listening mm -hmm. to Libby and her, ex, she's explaining what she's doing and gone through. And I, I want to be that, that number. I want to be her. I want to, I want to feel like nobody's going to care what my planner looks like. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'm okay with not showing it, but, um, like, I want to be the person that can put a sticker on crooked and just leave it there. That's what mm -hmm. I, that's the, I don't want to be a one sometimes, you know, even though mm -hmm. I am in, in the Libby is too. And we're ones in our own way. Right. Well, and what stands out? So Libby, do you think you would change um, your mindset if you were a planner channel, let's say, uh, or I don't know, some sort of more sharing in the community in a type of way with your stuff? In mm -hmm. my group with Jade Brenna and I, as we host our events, I find my perfectionism and my need to be right and have everything perfect comes out more in that aspect, in our hosting, in our committees, our parties, our events. And we hosted an event two summers ago where we had little hay bales on a table and the hay bales started to fall apart. And the more people moved, the more they fell apart. And I wanted to go curl up in a corner and cry because I was so upset that these little hay bales were falling apart. Nobody cared. Nobody even noticed except for me. And that's where my need for perfectionism comes out. It's more in my hosting, in my presentation. This is the group that I am a part of. We have these high expectations for what we want to happen. And if any tiny little thing goes wrong, I just break out. I just need to have a moment. I never allow myself to have the fun in those moments because it is all about business and the plan that we laid out and the timelines we gave and getting people the best bang for their buck. And I know people are going to have a great time. It doesn't matter, but my brain cannot shut that off. That is where my oneness comes out within the planner community. Well, and before a planner event, right, Libby? Like, just even lead, leading up to that, what it all takes. And, like, do you even sleep the night before sometimes? I do because we've done it so many yeah. times now. 
Okay. That okay. I have no fear. The three of us are such a well-oiled machine. I'm a one. Brenna is a five. Jade is a nine. We get along so well. We all have our roles. We never have let each other down. We have no boundaries. We have no trust issues. We just, we get our stuff done. And the day of, I know that it's a long day for us. And, you know, sometimes we start at 630 in the morning for you guys to be here at nine. We don't care. It's once that event gets going, that's when I ramp up into my perfectionism. And then I start to stress out and then I have my anxiety. But leading up to it, usually I don't have anything. It's I stay very, very cool, calm, collected. It's very odd behavior, I think. Um, and then once everything is done and I have that moment to relax, that's when I fall apart. And I okay. usually get so, sick or I get a, a migraine or I just need to lay in bed for a whole day. I have a post-party hangover even though I don't drink anymore. Uh, it's a, a very bizarre feeling to have, but it's the after effect. Of all that, all those knots coming unwound yes. or, or whatever. Yeah. Well, and I will say as an attendee of your events, they're always really lovely. And um, you can always count on me to never say the details. <laughs> so if you're ever wanting to just come, how are things? Be like, they're perfect. You're like, yeah, you don't even notice anything. And you're the one messing everything up. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Kim, do you ever get any of that post kind of dread or during kind of a dread in a way? Um, is that like if you see yourself on YouTube, is there an inner critic that comes out um, a little bit more harshly or is it like once it's gone, it's just gone? No, it's there. It never goes away. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm understanding. Oh. It's like, no, that's always there. Oh. Can you imagine life without one? Cause I don't have, I don't have that. Oh, I would love to not worry. Like I'll go back and say, Oh, there's like a little piece of hair in my eye and that one little shot or, Oh, I didn't seamlessly put those two shots together or I didn't fade this one out. And da -da -da, the audio is just like two decibels too loud. Oh, it's nuts. It's crazy. And I, I, uh, I, I just wish I didn't have that sometimes. Like, I just want to be free and let it go. And then I'll repeat conversations in my head. What did I say with at planner events? Like, did I sound like an idiot? Like, like uh, the whole entire thing is replayed in my mind over and over again, it, like a year later. Or eight years later when you're trying to sleep, like that one awkward thing you said in the elevator that one time, mm -hmm. you're like, wait, well, I don't even know who that was. And why does that haunt me? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that never leaves you. So here are some of maybe the, um, I don't even want to label it struggle, but the things that you live with in this capacity, like what is the plus side? Like, <laughs> there's got to be a plus side, guys. You're awesome people, right? You get it done, right? We get to enjoy your content. We get to enjoy your events. We love being, we, I'm saying we, the rest of our numbers, I guess, and maybe just me. But I, I find a lot of protection and comfort and knowing that the ones can handle it. Where, where do you have the fun? Where's your, hmm, let me stick to my questions because I'm going a little off script and you're all like, wait, that was not on the list. Um. <laughs> wait, funny. I'm not ready for that. That was funny. Um, yeah. Okay. So we talked a lot about the inner critic. What about some of your plus sides? So, for example, some of the words used to describe a one would be ordered, realistic, noble, wise, full of integrity, full of integrity. 
Where do you see those words fitting into your life? Well, when, not that this has ever happened, but you know, when you get pulled over by a police officer, right? I can't lie. So Mm. you were speeding? Yep. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to lie. Of course I was speeding. You know I was speeding. I know I was speeding. You know, that's okay. But I never go like too far over. You know, it's like, because, you know, I'm a rule follower. I'm never going to go right on the speed limit. But there's like some sort of, you know, grayness around it. So I'm like the rebel with seven miles over. Because there are some pluses. Like, I always tell the truth because I don't know how to lie well. I mean, I, um, I then I, then it would repeat back in my head, you know. So um, a very trustworthy. Um, I'm a getter done girl. Like, I have family members that can they just say, can you just sit down now? Could I'm mean, well, I got one, one more thing on my list to do. So I, I'll go do it. So I get things done. And so there's a lot of pluses to being a one. I mean, um, people always entrust you with a lot of responsibility and you know, you can handle it and do very well and, and do well. So I, I mean, I feel like empowered by the fact that people trust me with lots of um, duties and responsibilities like Libby, she, she's got a huge responsibility. So, um, with all of her work side. So, um, yeah, it goes, it goes well with professions. Yeah. How do those words, um, resonate with you, Libby? Do you want me to say them again? Or did they do like realistic, ethical, conscientious, um, the reformer? How, do, how does so that sound to you? It's funny. I'm not necessarily like the most ethical person, I wouldn't say, and I don't really care to follow anybody's rules but my own. I am like Kim. I will not lie to law enforcement. I will push my speed limit. But if I get pulled over, yep, I was speeding. Here you go. You know, there's little things like that, but mainly my rules are in my head. Uh, They are my own made up rules as to how things need to be done. And I am frequently known as give it to Libby because she gets shit done. Honest to God, when I took my new job, I left companies after 20 years and switched. My new branch manager, they just kind of hit the ground running. And I came in and there was a big storm and all these things were coming at me and I didn't really know what to do. And it didn't really matter because handling a claim is handling a claim. And it got out that they, I found out behind the scenes that everybody was just calling me get shit done. Um, and it still holds true to this day. We recently had an employee quit and he left 200 claims behind. And I have taken a vast majority of them because I have worked through them so quickly. They know I have that dependable, reliable side to me. Um, and in my workplace, it's not very fun because you get rewarded with more work. In my private <laughs> life, though, um, my husband enjoys it. My husband is a five. He is a thinker. And he enjoys the fact that I take that side away from him and I will plan out every minute of every day if he wants me to. And when I am relaxed and I am very free and I don't have much stress, I go to a seven and I go into that much more spontaneous, instantaneous, happy gratification phase but I still have my list. I still know where we're going. I know how to accomplish tasks. I know what needs to get done for that day or what we're going to do for the next day. Uh, I'll never forget in 2008, I was on a Mediterranean cruise and we went 
on our own, we were in Florence and we decided to go out to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And we gave no thought to the time. We gave no thought to when the boat was leaving. We had plenty of time. So we go out, we see it, we're coming back, we get to the taxi station and it is five o'clock. Our boat is leaving at 630. And there were it was myself and eight other people, and I would classify my other friend as a one as well. And everybody else is absolutely panicking. They do not know what's going to happen. What if we miss this boat? How are we going to get back to our boat? Because it was a half an hour ride from where we were. And she and I both looked at each other, and she's like, tomorrow we're supposed to be in Rome. I'm like, we don't need passports to be in Rome. You can take a train to Rome. We have cash. We have clothes. We have these. Like we immediately went right into that planning phase. We had everything taken down to every detail. We were looking up hotels in Rome, where we could stay, how we would get down to the boat the next morning to get our blind. Like we had the whole thing worked out and we even flagged down a construction truck and God bless these gentlemen. They took us in the back of their truck <laughs> back to our boat. <laughs> and then we were able to tell them there were, there were 50 other people that were also stranded off of our boat. So we knew, we really knew they weren't going to leave without 50 people. Uh, but we immediately, we went into that mode and people rely on you to be in that mode. You don't lose your cool when you're in a stressful situation. You just automatically go into the next thing. Okay. This has happened. Now we go to this. Uh, and that's, yeah. that dependability is what I am known for. And I think a lot of other ones are probably known for that as well, that just get it done, mm -hmm. think ahead, be logical, don't lose your cool, don't daydream, and you're on to the next thing. Yeah. Yep. I, I feel all of that being married to a one because he, he just got back from climbing the tallest mountain of the lower 48 states, um, Rockies. And before he went, he's just like, well, I mean, he basically studied it like he was trying to pass a law exam. I mean, but that allows him when he's out there to be completely having fun. He, he just, he lights up when he's out there and he is so relaxed. He's a totally different person in nature, but a lot of people don't do that prep work. He's running across people on the trail. Like, um, so what's that way? And he's like, uh, dude, this is like, you got to get back here before the thunderstorms happen at 1230. You have to be below the tree line. Like he knows all this stuff. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very similar to what you said, Libby, of like getting those things taken care of and known and backup plans. Like he's like, okay, well, this is two hours from here. So, and it's just like, it's amazing. I call him a human GPS sometimes because before an event he'll, or like even during, I guess he's really good at map skills, which is good when you're trying to climb mountains and stuff. Um, but in some ways I, then for myself, I underperform because then I'm like, oh, he's got it. You know, so, but I guess that makes a good partnership too, right? To have that balance in your life. Like you're, like Libby, you said your husband's a five and he likes that you do that. So that's good. And Kim, how about in your um, marriage? Do you find that your planning is appreciated? Is it kind of pushed back? Like, how do you fall? Well, I'm married to a one in denial. If, if oh, that makes sense. Okay. So he, yeah, a lot of ones don't want to be ones he, when they find out. They're like, what, that one? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, he, he acts very much like you're four. Like that's mm. exactly, he, like he would study a map. He's a map guy, but he's mm. actually a one. He loves to be in control. And I think that's 
like like four tendencies like he, because he studies the map because he wants to know he's in charge of himself and then it's gonna be the way he wants it and so my husband's the same way he he appreciates the plans um mm -hmm. because he'll ask me a question and i'll immediately will know the answer so uh january 16th and 2025 what are we doing I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. So, um, <laughs> so he very much likes it and appreciates it, but, um, he, he's more fun. He's the fun one. I'm boring. Well, and maybe that's just your inner critic saying that you're boring. Cause I've told you f that you were fun and you're already like, no, oh. I'm not. <laughs> oh, there we come so, again. Oh, mm -hmm. geez. My one is rearing yeah. its ugly head again. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I think I can have fun if I'm in this certain situation, um, yeah, but I like to be in control. Right. Well, and, um, Libby mentioned this earlier, um, and I'm no expert by any means, but when, um, a one is in health, they'll go more towards the seven, which is like the fun one. And then I'm not to try to judge your healthy level, but that is where you go towards a seven. And then if your husband is a one, the, the converse of that is they'll, they will go to a four yeah. in there. Yeah. In there. I'm, 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 so. I'm a seven too. I'm a, I'm a one that goes to seven. I'm absolutely mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. I know, um, not everyone who listens will have that relationship dynamic, but it is always interesting to say like, well, how does this play off? Because, you know, we spend a lot of time, especially these days as we're sheltering in place now and then and whatever, however, however life goes, wherever you're from and listening. Um, to it. All right. Well, I want, I have three questions as final thoughts um, that I think will leave an impression um, with the listeners. Uh, one is, what do you want people to know about ones that they might not know? So what I'd like to share for those that aren't very familiar with ones is um, I think a lot of, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I think there's a lot of ones that don't have that um, uh, you think that we, we, we've got it all together. Um, it, it, we probably don't. I mean, we, we think we do, we want to, but we actually are freaking out inside just like everybody else. So we're, we're, we're normal. Like you guys we're here. Okay. And with that, then I'll push a little further if you don't mind, Kim, no, having us be aware of that would that mean that maybe then we don't always push you to be in charge? Well, but that's where you feel comfortable too, right? I, I do. Just know that you're human. Right. <laughs> I, I want, I, I, I don't mind being in charge, but sometimes I would rather not because of fear of imperfection or lack of self-confidence or lots of other um, negative connotations of a one. But just knowing that we we want to have fun like everybody else we want to not feel responsible like there are some days where i just i feel like can i just not be responsible for one day and so i want to have fun too just like everybody else that's all yeah i heard you say earlier like i don't want to be like this but maybe is it that you want more of the balance of that. So you're just not feeling that one thing all the time. I feel like a one very much the majority of the time. And I'd rather be a seven or three if I could, to be honest. I'm, I'm when, when I'm not on one bill, you know, <laughs> one film. <laughs> 
Oh, but you're also it's just such oh well. Of course, I'm deeply and madly in love with a one. So what can I say? Like I'm gonna be like, but you guys are great. Um, but also the really frustrating. But anyways, that's another thing for marriage counseling. All right, so <laughs> Libby, what are your thoughts? What do you want people to know about ones that they may not know? I would agree with Kim that we don't always want to be in control, and if we don't volunteer to be in control, that's okay. Let us be. Don't push us towards it, please. There is a reason why. Um, I think that my other two biggest things are my rules, um, the the wrong, the right, those are in my head. Those are not what society dictates. It's not what's written in a piece of paper. It's not what the law book says. It's in my head what is wrong or right. And there is a right way and a wrong way to do almost everything in my life. I mean, from brushing your teeth to folding a towel, vacuuming, driving a car, uh, anything, I have a right and a wrong way. And if you are not meeting my right and a wrong way, it makes me crazy. And Mm -hmm. I am beating myself up about it because I know you don't know what's in my head. And if I don't tell you what's in my head, how do you know that it's bothering me. And this is a big struggle that I have in life. And I, it's in all facets of my life that I get very upset at things, but people don't know my rules. And I think that leads to the other part about the inner critic and people who don't have an inner critic or even the people who don't have an inner monologue, which just amazes me. I would love to shut that voice off in my head. Uh, We are... As a one, I think all ones are a worse critic than anybody could ever be to us. You can say the worst things to me that you want and tell me I have done a horrible, horrible job. And my inner dialogue is already so much worse than what you are saying to me that you don't need to say anything else. Don't make it worse. Don't keep trying to explain yourself. Mm -hmm. Just move on from it because I'm going to beat myself up and demean myself and criticize myself for days over whatever it is, a mistake, a a spelling error, saying the wrong word, telling your boss, I love you when you hang up the phone, you know (laughs) what I've done it. Um, I did it by accident most recently and she, my boss is a female and she (laughs) thought it was hilarious and she would do it too. My boss is, um, she's more of a nine. She's not quite a one. Um, She's a nine wing one though. And it's so funny how many things we relate on, but it's like, I will think of that. I will know that I said that to my boss for years. I will be able to remember that date. I will remember to what we were discussing, every single detail of it. So just know that our critic in that inner monologue that we have is tearing us down so much more than anybody could ever imagine that you don't need to add to that. Amen, Levy. That is so true. Yeah. Well, this leads very well into my next question. How can others best show love and kindness to a one? How, what can we do as the other sets of normal, the other eight numbers? How, or I guess if you're a one, maybe you already know this intrinsically, how to love a one. But, um, for example, Kim, you're married to one, so how you love him, maybe you get that a little more. But how would we show love and respect or, let's see, what is this? Love and kindness. 
for me, it's just self-affirming all of the positive attributes of being of one. Um, not, not, you know, of course, like, like not anyone's going to like totally criticize you, but going off of just, wow, that was really great. Oh, that was just perfect. And just reaffirming all of those positive attributes of being a one is probably the greatest way to sh like the f our five love languages is just reaffirmation of our one tendencies is probably the best way to show love, at least for me. Okay, Libby, do you have a response to that? I'm nodding my head to everything that Kim just said. I think mm -hmm. the other two things that are really big for me is do things the way we've asked you to do them. Mm -hmm. We ask you to do things in a particular way because to us, that's the way they need to be done. My mm -hmm. other big thing, and it's taken us six and a half years to get there with my husband, is when I ask you to do something, I don't want you to do it in the future. I don't want you to wait a couple of days. I don't want you to think about it. I want you to get up and do what I asked of you now. Mm -hmm. I try not yeah, to nag. I try not to be that person. And I find I do this with my nieces. I do it with my nephew. I do it with my mother-in-law. When I ask you to do something, please do it the way I asked you to do it and do it promptly. If they agree to do it. I mean, there's obviously, yes. hopefully, a, a way to be like, no, I can't do that for two. Yes. I mean, I don't see you as such a demanding person just like, do it, do it now. No, you no, know? no, no, like, no, no, Oh, okay, Libby. <laughs> and if I can, you know, like my mother-in-law is a beautiful quilter and I asked her recently to make a quilt for my sister and I sent her all the fabric. I sent her the pattern. We agreed to everything on it. We worked it all out. Um, and I said, now, this is something that I don't need immediately. You can do this whenever you want. There is no timestamp on it, whatever. And if I specify that, that's great. Now, there have been other things that I have asked her to do for our, me, um, for our planner meetups, for our events. And I'm like, okay, this has to be done immediately. And I would say that my mother-in-law is probably a seven. Um, and it's not mm -hmm. a priority to her unless I tell her it's a priority to me. Oh. Um, so it's, it's a very interesting dynamic, but I need that, that oneness in me. I need things to be done the way I ask of you. And like my husband has recently started listening to some of our Enneagram things and reading the things. And he's like, it's really important to you that I do exactly what you ask of me. And like, there's mm -hmm. nothing that makes me happier when you get up and take the trash out when I ask you to do it. Or if you vacuum and you do it the way I vacuum or you do something in a way that I do it, there's nothing that makes me happier. To, to please my little heart is that you have followed my crazy rule in my brain that mm -hmm. nobody else knows, but maybe a handful of people and you did it, you executed it wonderfully for me. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... If you haven't experienced this with a one, it is very intense. In my household, it looked like shutting a door a type of way. And it sounds maybe really ridiculous, like super mega controlling or like like borderline, like, are you blink twice if you need help? Like, do you need to get out? Like, what's happening? You know, but it's because ones have already thought through the best outcome, like well, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't going to work. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have it this way if it wasn't the best way. And the body type of a one is 
coming from the gut. And so sometimes, like you said um, earlier, Libby, that the rules not necessarily just because they're in front of you on a printout. It's you kind of form your own rules, like how a towel should be or maybe where people take off their shoes. And I mean, those are maybe more domestic um, new like idiosyncrasies of tidiness, but they could come out in other ways, like how you balance a checkbook or how you um, write thank you notes, you know, how you introduce yourself in a business meeting. All of those things could be um, types of rules that you desire to be good and to be balanced. So... I don't think it's out of a position of like, I get off on putting you beneath me and you being my minions and completing these tasks because I'm the queen, right. you know, it, and it can look like that. That's the downside of like, well, don't I have an opinion, you know, that kind of thing. So I can see where, you know, it's important to dig in and to have the balance there with your, with your household. Definitely. Okay, last question. Why does the planner community need ones? Well, we show that you can get it done. Like if if I had a choice between my phone and a list of things I needed to get done, I've got to get the list done before I can play on my phone, which is probably why I like am not very sociable on social media because I'm getting my stuff done. It is possible. We can do it. Let's go. You can do it. I'll picture this scenario, Kim. So if the dishes were all over the counter and something needed to be signed and sent back with a teacher and, you know, um, I don't know, some other scenario left undone and unwound, could you sit down and have a cup of tea? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Oh, needles in my spine. I can't believe you just said that. No, I have no, 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 <laughs> they, no. It's got to, and, and then if you, it, it's okay to multitask. Like I, I'm okay with sending the, you know, signed document back to the teacher, but then I have, you know, go back to the kitchen and finish that task. And if I get pulled away again, it, it, it just always goes back to, I call it washing the car where I just, you know, wash this part and do the next part and do the next part until the whole thing's done. There's, there's no way around it. There's no cup of tea in my house unless all the things are done. It helps give perspective to what normal is for you. Possibly eight other numbers here going, oh, okay. That's not my normal. <laughs> but we're all so beautiful. I love this. Okay, Libby, why does the planner community need ones? I think ones really help keep people on track. We are the organizers. We are the ones that want things to keep heading in a certain direction, uh, preferably our right direction, but we keep things moving along. You keep pushing it forward. You don't allow for that frivolity. Um, I'm with Kim. I'm the same way. You get your reward when your tasks are done. So, you know, you don't get that cup of tea. You don't get that time on your phone until the things are done. And it's, I think the same thing happens in planner land is we are the ones that want to make sure things get done. We keep things pushing forward, you know, whether I don't know who other ones, famous ones are or aren't, but, you know, maybe, maybe they're the ones that are designing all these new planners or sticker makers or the washi people, or, you know, maybe they're all creatives and I'm just wrong about the whole thing, but they've got a one behind them somewhere, pushing them forward, keeping them driven and keeping things on track. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Got a one behind them somewhere because often 
as I like I I think I said this I'm a four and so as the more type of creative quote unquote you know it's all well and good to to be creative but then when the lights turn off because you forgot to pay your bill even though you have tons of like not tons of money but like the money is there like you can't see to paint anymore you know what I mean and I'm, I'm no painter but you know what I mean like you you at some point your creativity will be cut off when you forget to eat you know like no it's 5 30 what let's we need to stop what you're doing get out of your little like inspiration bubble and we need to get these things done so it actually helps creatives in the long run and not to say and I hate that division of like oh creatives and and ones like you two are both brilliantly creative fiber arts um, especially one that is joining you two, um, and then also paper, um, stickers, layouts, colors, um, all of that is is very prominent in both of you. So I, I hate to to get too sticky to that label, but I think you, I think we know. What we, do you know what I mean? Because I know what I mean. We know. We yes, know we know. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Well, the planner community is very fortunate to have both you uh, guys around, gals, whatever. That's Minnesota. The planner community is the planner. (laughs) You betcha. Oh, we are so glad to have you around in the planner community. And just remember, please, Kim and Libby, you are good, and you are good enough. And I know you're saying, but it's still not good enough, and that's okay. Let your inner critic just be a part of you and let that be in balance for you. Um, Your integrity shines in all that you do and you inspire us to become getter donners and just, wow. Thank you so much for your ordered perfectionism that comes, can, you know, you can be too hard on yourself for, but it is truly a gift. So Thank you so much for your time and, and sharing your story with us. Thank you, Jess. What a what a pleasure. And um, thank you for encouraging us at the end because it's difficult to talk about it because, you know, we're perfectionists. <laughs> you need to hear, like, oh. even now, because, like, you'll hang up and be like, what did I oh just say? Because often it goes quickly, like, these recordings, and you get a little adrenaline, but, you know, and then you're like, oh. What did what did I why did I say that what did, how is she gonna edit it and this and that and you did a wonderful job you know what thank you for being courageous because there are other ones listening out here or other people who may not be familiar with the Enneagram who are going oh I thought I was alone I thought this was just me and that's a very very powerful message to send that someone's not alone and because you took the last hour with me you have broken down some walls for people so this is um much more than you or i combined so i appreciate your time i i think what jess said is it's you know it's very important i didn't realize until i found the enneagram that other people thought the same way i did and it's refreshing to know and find out that others think the same way and that even in my close group of friends, I have other, other ones and we have bonded even more because of it, because we are so like-minded. Um, I know your words will, will provide some clarity for people because you can read something, but really hearing like, how does that look at night when you want to sit down with your husband, but then you felt driven to do the dishes or how does that look when you want to post something on social media? You know, it's, it's interesting to hear it from the person what life is really like 
versus just like a checklist of like, oh, well, I guess I'm noble. Okay, well, what does that mean? <laughs> That's true. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can't so. do an Instagram story with my face unless I have makeup on. Oh, I, okay. There's just so many mm-hmm. levels, Jess. You have no idea. Yep. I mean, there's, it's... There are- they're all little rules that we yep. have made up and we have uh-huh. to follow before we can do things. Yep. Yep. But does that give you peace ultimately? I mean, that might not always be bad, right? That's not always a bad thing. It's just maybe tedious, exhausting for you. I don't know if there's plus on this one. I mean, I, I can no. see the outcome. I, 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 I don't see a plus on it. I just... Well, here, for example, like I will like, okay, so the right thing to do would be to wake up and take your meds because you do that at the same time every day. And that's what you do. But people without that skill forget to take their meds and then they are sick like me. Like, like I, that is a, if if I could tap into an eighth of what you have and apply it, I would feel like a superstar. Oh my gosh. I I mean, I'm sure this has happened to you, Libby. I've paid bills twice because yes. I've been so efficient. I paid bills twice. Credit card bills. No, like we're talking like a lot of money twice. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. 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 So some of that, you know, like I missed birthdays. I miss birthdays all the time and it's embarrassing and awkward at times because I have the feel for it, but I'm, I'm not able, I don't know. It's just... Well, the right thing is to do is to look at what day it is in the morning. But I'm not just, I mean, I sound like wow. such a basket case, but I'm just picking like worse, you know, like times where I haven't thrived, where I'm thinking that never happens to you. And Libby and I are sitting you know? here thinking, how can somebody live like that? How does, how do you I got function? in trouble with the police. I put the fun in dysfunction. Yeah. Hello. Um, <laughs> I had my car tabs paid for and just in my glove box. Like for a long, long time. No, and then no, like I didn't put the sticker on. No, Jessica. And then you I got a ticket. No, and had to pay a hundred. Got to do it the same day. Same day. Get it in the mail. A hundred and eighty dollar fine. Oh. but they were already paid for it in, in the cubby in the glove box. No. Oh my gosh. Jess. Like, see, so when you say, "What are the plus signs of this?" These are the plus signs. These are the things that you you save money. You don't get behind. There's a financial benefit to who you are. There's, um, you know, a respect and enjoyment value to who you are because you, you know, you're thorough and. You check it off and you make sure you get it done. Oh, I have done so much. I've even filled out a birthday card, stamp, envelope, address, you know, gift card. And it would just, you know, like maybe sit on my counter for like, I don't even know how. Like those closing things, those finisher things, those priority work first, play second things. Those are gifts, guys. Truly, truly. Yeah. Enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Like our mortgage, our mortgage consultant just complimented us on getting all of our paperwork in like what do you mean people don't do that like how do you isn't it important like i don't know it just doesn't make sense to us so we right right i could never fathom that world no i wouldn't know how to function i think i would i couldn't have fun like i would my, my mind would be still thinking about all those other things right but see i don't have that Oh my it's God. not there. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That is so I, weird. I want, it's have, just not I want there. like a brain swap with you for a day. Please. Okay. 
I I know, I right? I have been told this before, and I have been told by one. I would, and not my husband, because he's like, no way am I going in that brain. No, thank you. But um, it, and I looked at this individual who said, I just want to go in your in your brain for a day. I just want to be you for a day. And I was like, oh, honey, <laughs> you couldn't stand 15 minutes in here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we... Um, as you both maybe know, I am a Christian, and so my faith plays into this maybe uh, more than some. This isn't a Christian uh, t- personality inventory, but definitely I have that lens just in life in general. And so I think God gave the body I'm in to me for a reason, and he didn't give me Kim's brain. He didn't give me Libby's brain. I'm not in those same relationships. I'm not in those places in life, and I can feel valued and used and um like used well um, and honored because of who I am and what it's just okay. It's, it's just, it's a brilliant thing. And that's why I brought it to the podcast because we have a hard time thinking outside of ourselves. Like, what do you mean? How could you possibly, but there are nine, if not more, I mean, Enneagram's just a tool, just like any other construct can be flawed, I'm sure. But nine totally, there's nine people going, but how could you possibly? <laughs> and it's just very interesting to learn more about that. And then it can change our relationships. It can change um, how we view ourselves and how we we treat others. So it's my desire that you will um, continue to look at yourselves with respect and um, be glad for the body and brain that you've been given and use it to the best of your ability. And um Love on yourself a little bit once. Come on. Well, it's okay. I'm excited it's okay. to listen to this series. Like I'm, a, I'm ex- like I can't wait. I want to learn about all, all y'all. I really do. All right. Well, with that, thanks so much for coming on Planner yeah. Lifestyle, and um, I'll see you around the Planner community. Okay. Bye. Bye, Jess. Bye. Thanks. Wow, did you love this episode as much as I did? A special thank you to Chris, our resident Enneagram enthusiast. You can find her contact information at chrisadamsvoice.com. She does voiceover work of all sorts, including audiobooks, promotions, commercials, you name it, she can handle it. I happen to know her personally and love to collaborate with her in this manner, but I definitely wanted to let you know how to get a hold of her. Wasn't her voice just amazing? It's like butter. Also a teaser for next week. Of course, like I said, next Friday will be the Enneagram 2's The Helpers, and they will be represented by Caitlin Joseph from Creating in Chaos underscore official on Instagram and Izzy Martinez, both no strangers to the mic. You know Caitlin from Spiced Chaos, the planner podcast, and you know Izzy as the co-host of the former planner podcast, Washi Wine and Repeat. If you love the show and want to see it grow, go to patreon.com slash planner lifestyle. When you join the planner lifestyle podcast crew with your give what you can membership on Patreon, you feel the engine that runs the show funds from you will create the spark that keeps this awesome platform special. All members will receive my new publication. Whatever you think you know about planner peace, be prepared to turn it on its head to determine if it's actually a myth. With this 12-page ultimate guided reflection tool for the planner community called How to Find a Planner Peace. All right, till next time.